You're listening to the Butterfly Effect Podcast, episode number 29. I receive a ton of questions and comments from followers on social media asking where to even begin with their weight loss journey. Today, I'm going to be answering all of those questions and giving you my best recommendations on what you can be doing to reach your goals. If you enjoy this episode, all I ask is that you screenshot it and share it on your social media story or feed to show your love. If you have a second to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud, the show can continue to grow and expand its listeners. Taking the time to share it with your followers and subscribers will totally help keep it thriving so I can continue to bring you quality episodes like the one you listen to today. This is the Butterfly Effect Podcast, and I'm Ashlyn Newlove, tackling everything from fitness, nutrition, business, life, ice cream cones, and everything else in between to help inspire people to make one change that causes their ripple effect. The Butterfly Effect podcast is brought to you by The Sweat Effect. If you love delicious tasting protein bars that also happen to be low calorie, then Built Bars are the answer. My clients love reaching their goals while eating foods that actually taste good, and Built Bars are my number one recommendation for them. If you would like to give them a try, you can use promo code SWEATEFFECT to receive a discount on your order as well as free shipping. Welcome to episode number 29. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm a fitness and nutrition coach, helping people have fun, keep fit, and reach their goals while they're at it with my online program, The Sweat Effect. I've taken a bunch of questions from followers, and I'm going to give you my best tips and advice on how to successfully start reaching your goals when it comes to health and fitness. So I recently got started on TikTok, uh, you know, in the last few months, I guess, quote unquote, seriously, giving, doing little videos, giving fitness and nutrition advice on there. And it really started to pick up speed with my followers, but I will say they have a, the TikTok community, it's different than the Instagram community, which as you guys probably know, is very different than the Facebook community. Um, but they have a lot of questions. They're very straightforward with the things that they want. And they are very harsh with their opinions too. So it's a different crowd on there, I find. But they come up with a lot of really great questions that I wanted to start addressing and giving answers to on the podcast. Because, you know, working with a nutrition coach, not everybody can afford to. And everybody needs to start somewhere. I started my um, weight loss journey on my own too, so I totally understand that. But if it's motivation and accountability that you need, that's where the nutrition coach comes in. Literally anybody can go online and calculate how many calories you should be eating. But if you can't stay consistent or you don't know what you should be eating or you know you need that external motivation from someone, that's where the nutrition coach comes in. But... Like I said, all the information is free on the internet, so I might as well give it to you all here in a podcast, and then you can take it and run with it, because as I did, you can do it on your own if you need to, but it is sometimes that doubt that creeps into people's head why they need that nutrition coach. So here we go. Question one, can you explain a calorie deficit? 
Okay, so I talk a lot about how weight loss happens only by being in a calorie deficit. So it's not because you cut out carbs. It's not because you are eating a fat-fueled, in-ketosis diet. It is literally because you are in a calorie deficit. And when I say calorie deficit, not everybody knows what that means. So the definition of a calorie deficit is a calorie deficit occurs when you consume fewer calories than your body expends. And people are like, okay, that makes sense. Well, I have a Fitbit and it says that I burn 1500 calories. So I'll need to eat less than that to burn fat and lose weight. That is not correct. Um, (laughs) While yes, you would be expending less calories than you are, um, you're eating less calories than you're expending. What is going to happen is that number on your Fitbit is inaccurate. So there is no calorie, um, like activity trackers, devices, machines at the gym that can tell you how many calories accurately that you're expending. Um, so that would be my first thing not to do, but I think we need to start back at kind of what body needs are. And this isn't a lot. I don't go into a lot of the science with my clients because let's be real. People want to know how to lose the weight. Less of them care about their basal metabolic rate and their total daily energy expenditure. They just want to know how many calories they can eat, um, what foods they should be eating, and they want to get to their goal. So we're going to dig in a little bit to the science here. It's actually interesting. It's not, it's not boring or anything, but so your BMR, basal metabolic rate, is the number of calories your body needs to accomplish its most basic life-sustaining functions. So that is breathing, that is nutrient processing, that's circulation, it's your organs functioning. So even if you're just living life, you're not even exercising, doing anything, you're just sitting on the couch, breathing, your body is still burning calories. So it needs a certain amount of calories just to survive. And I find that a lot of people go too low calorie and aren't even meeting these energy needs. So that's part of where people need to find out what their total daily energy expenditure is or their TDEE. So that's the total number of calories your body is burning every day. So that's you burn calories, you know, moving your hands, talking, um, eating food, you obviously with exercise. So on top of the calories that you need to meet the bare minimum function of just staying alive and sitting and doing nothing, we need additional calories to be able to maintain our weight just with our daily activities. So if we find, if we figure out what our TDEE is, our total daily energy expenditure, that's the number that we can use to uh, create our calorie deficit from. And there are tons of calculators online. So another question I had was, how do you figure out how many calories you need from weight loss? And I literally say to them, like, you can go online and Google And I did it just to see what the first one that popped up was, um, calories for weight loss and the Mayo clinic popped up as was the first link. So I wanted to, to test it and see what it was with my information. So I went in, you put your age, your height, your activity, your daily activity level, um, and your current weight. And it will tell you how many total daily calories that you need to just maintain your weight. 
So, um, that is the number that if you're eating every day, your weight wouldn't change. Now, obviously there is some wiggle room with that number because there's probably times when you do more activities and whatnot. So you'll be burning more calories and there's probably times and even seasons of the year where you're doing less, moving less and burning less calories. So, I mean, there is a little bit of fluctuation, just some slight fluctuation in there, um, for those, let's call them maintenance calories. But if we take that maintenance calorie number and we subtract maybe two to 300 calories from that, that would be your calorie deficit that you could use for weight loss. Now, this is a very simple way to calculate calories for your weight loss goals. There are other things that come into play with other people. Um, it, you know, it could be hormones, it could be food intolerances, it could be, there could be things specific to each person that you need to address that just being in a calorie deficit isn't going to fix. So keep in mind, this is for average Joe, who is like, I'm going to start my weight loss journey today. How do I get there? How many calories do I need to do? You need to figure out what your TDEE is. Like I said, go on Google, type in calories needed for weight loss, find one that will like, even I said, the Mayo Clinic website was great. Um, and start from there. A big problem I do see what people do is they cut way too many calories, um, off the start. So if you are eating a thousand calories, that is too low. And that's a great way to mess up your hormones and, um, you know, mess up your, metabolism. And that is not what we want to be doing. I, lots of times people will comment on these, on my TikTok videos. They're like, but I've been eating a thousand calories for however many years, like literally more than one person. When I say a lot of people, like it actually shocks me when there's so many people that say I've been eating a thousand calories for years and I don't see weight loss. And now their bodies have just adapted to those thousand calories. It's not a calorie deficit anymore. And yeah, their hormone, ooh, ooh, I gotta say hormones. Their hormones are taking a beating and their metabolism isn't firing the way that it should be. So all things to keep in mind. Um, another question that I get is what app do you recommend? There are so many great free food tracking apps out there. So what, what they mean by what app do I recommend? Um, it's an app for tracking food, because if we want to stay in a calorie deficit, the best way we're going to do that is by tracking our food. And with technology these days, there are so many apps out there. You can just put it on your phone and it can make it really simple and fast for you to log your food in there and help see what your intake is. And if you're staying within your calorie deficit. Um, again, if you took your, your maintenance calories, your TDEE, you already subtracted your, you know, maybe two or 300 calories from that. And now you're like, well, I'm going to lose weight faster by eating less than that. Again, not the way to go about this. Um, that's a, a real great way to start adapting to calories when we cut too much. And also it's not maintainable. You'll be hungry. You'll binge it'll be this whole cycle of ups and downs, the defeatedness that people feel when this happens by cutting too many calories 
starving themselves and then binging because of it is a hard way to go about things. And I know a lot of people have struggled with that in the past. So that's just my disclaimer on that. Okay. So when you get your, your calorie goal, stay in, in that, in that range, plus or minus 50 is what I tell my clients. That's, that's a good rule of thumb. So for the free apps, my clients use my fitness pal, but there are tons of free ones out there. Um, find one that works for you. Uh, there's a new one I've seen that looks pretty good. Um, macro stacks. It's not free. I think it's 20 us dollars a month. Um, Fitbit even has like the, an app you can track in. There are so many of them. The ones my clients use is the free version of my fitness pal. There is a paid version as well that gives you some extra options. Do you need them? No. Um, can they come in handy sometimes? Yes. But if you want to do it for free, you definitely can. So that's what my clients use. But like I said, tons of them out there. Um, this person was, what is the best diet for, for weight loss for an absolute beginner? And I truly believe that that is tracking your food. Um, are there other ways to be in a calorie deficit? Yes. Is it harder to know what your intake is? Yes. And that is why I find tracking the most accurate. Is it a hundred percent accurate? No, there can be discrepancies. Um, but if we're weighing and measuring our food and tracking it in the app, that's going to give us a really good like idea of how much we're intaking. There are other methods, you know, you can, um, do a plate method where you, you know, split your plate up into how much protein, how much vegetables, how much starch you should have. Again, people find that trickier because what if it's not a meal that you split up into those things or um, you're at a, you know, you're eating some appetizers one day. How do you split that up into the plate? You know, people tell you to increase water intake and increase protein intake and increase your fruit and veggie intake, like 600 to 800 grams of fruit and veggies a day. Yes, all those things will make you feel fuller which the hope is that you'll eat less and that'll put you in a calorie deficit, but it doesn't always work out that way. I will tell you because I love food that I can do all those things and I can still eat way over my maintenance calories. I just love food so much. So that is why I find weighing, measuring and tracking food a much easier route to go. There is no guesswork. You put it in there, you know exactly where you're at. So absolute beginner, that is where I would start um, for dieting. Okay. What do you like to eat after an intense workout? So the general rule of thumb is after a workout, you want to have something that contains some protein and carbs in it. Um, let's say within, you know, an hour of working out. Okay. So for myself, I generally work out now later in the afternoon. I used to work out in the evening. So my supper would be like my pre-workout meal with, it would have um, probably like 50 or 60 grams of carbs in it and it would have protein and some fat. Then I would wait a bit, go work out. And then I would just have a post-workout, you know, snack kind of thing afterwards, something that contains some carbs and protein in it. So, I don't know, I love eating bagels, um, 
you know, if it was something like smaller, if I needed with protein, you know, I could, I'd maybe pair it with like a built bar and, you know, a starchy carb, something like that. But now because I work out like middle of the afternoon, um, to late in the afternoon, I might have a snack with some carbs and like a low fat carb snack, you know, about 45 minutes before I work out. I like to, I like to have a bagel. I know some people are like, Ooh, that sits too heavy in my stomach, but you could have oatmeal. Um, no, I like, I do like oatmeal or I'll, I would have my lunch, which might have potatoes or even, even some bread in it. <gasps> Gasp. I eat bread. And, uh, then afterwards, if I was going to have a, like my, my supper, if I was eating it, working out later in the afternoon, so say it was within an hour, we love cooking all sorts of different kinds of potatoes in our air fryer with, um, you know, any kind of meat, chicken, steak, like anything and, uh, veggies and some healthy fats in there. And yeah, those are, those would be the best kind of ways to time your meals with some good carbs and proteins in them and some, um, healthy fats in your, in your meal time. So the trick is you don't want to have like too heavy of a fat meal before you work out. It's going to take longer to digest and it's going to sit heavier in your stomach as well as you're not going to get the release of the, the carbs in there that you want for your intense workout, which is what's going to fuel it. So if you eat too much fat, you're not going to benefit from the carbs that you're eating. But if you you know, have a meal afterwards that has some good healthy fats in it, along with carbs and protein to help build muscle and, you know, benefit your recovery. That's perfect. Um, okay. So in regards to long-term low calorie restriction, what do I do if I've been doing that? Do I need to up my calories? So I did a video on there about calorie adaptation, which I just briefly spoke about and um, like I said, it's it's eating too low calorie for too long and then your body just adapts to the low calories and you aren't seeing progress anymore. So do I up my calories? Yes, you, you need to start working back up to your calories. And she also asked, would I gain weight back? Um, yeah, probably. You'll probably gain some, some weight, but honestly, at this point, your metabolism's not really using what you're eating anyways. It's just kind of surviving off the calories that you've got. You need to up, slowly increase your calories. And uh, yeah, then once you've been at some maintenance calories, what your you know regular TDE would be for a bit, then you could consider, but you're going to notice changes to your body too, because you're probably feeling really cold right now because you ate too low calories for too long. You might be, you know, experiencing some hair loss. Um, women might be having some issues with their period regulation. Maybe they're not even getting a period. So you'll start to notice, um, all of those physical changes start to come back as well. And once your body is back to, you know, working the way that it should be, then you could consider, you know, decreasing to an appropriate amount 
from your maintenance calories. Um, but yeah, the fact is our bodies weren't meant to live off of a thousand calories. Um, (laughs) the next question kind of plays right into that. It says, I think I need a new doctor because I eat 250 grams of grapes daily. And my doctor says it's too many carbs for my 1200 calorie intake for her 1200 calorie intake. Okay. So let's just, a rule of thumb is if your age has more than one digit in it, you should be eating more than 1200 calories. So grapes are a fruit. There is no way that you should be cutting those out of your diet. And let's just go. So she eats uh, 250 grams of grapes. That's about, we're, maybe 180 calories, 46 grams of carbs, but like she's not eating, you know, other things that would be like, and I don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think of foods in areas of good or bad, right? I'm not saying you can't have chocolate, but gal is eating grapes here for God's sakes. Like it is, I can't believe that one, a doctor would recommend a 1200 calorie intake and two that they would tell her to stop eating that much fruit. It's not even that much fruit. So, um, yeah, use that as the rule of thumb. And if you're having an aha moment right now, I'm glad, like, I'm, I'm glad that this is the first step to like empower you with food and know that it is for energy and fuel. And it's something that, you know, human beings love and use as a, you know, we gather, we sit and we visit and we, you know, have occasions where there's food. And that's not to say we don't need to be excessively overeating, but also excessive restriction is just as bad. So, you know, moderation, the key to everything. I know it's not anything sexy or, you know, mind-blowing or groundbreaking. It seems like it's boring, but that's the best way to give your body what it needs and to be able to maintain the progress in the future. So there's a saying, like if you did keto or Weight Watchers or paleo and lost weight, but then couldn't maintain it, can you really consider it successful? That's only part of the diet is the weight loss portion. The other part is maintaining it. And you can't consider it a successful diet unless it's something that we can include in our lifestyle for a long period of time that can help us maintain the weight that we lost. So if you're doing keto again or paleo again, or the whole 30 again, and because you lost weight with it before, but you weren't able to maintain the weight loss after that, then it might be time to, you know, look at something else that might fit better with your lifestyle because it's clear, clearly not a fit for you. There could be something better out there that you find more manageable and maintainable to, because what's the point of putting in all that hard work if we're not maintaining the results in the end? So just, some food for thought anyways. Um, 
<laughs> this gal, she was, why are all fitness trainers so expensive? Um, people always think that I'm just a fitness trainer. I would consider myself a nutrition coach more than anything. I literally have two personal training clients and I run a boot camp, um, you know, two times a week outside. So, but I also, you know, always have between like, you know, around 40 nutrition clients. So whatever, I'm not going to nitpick it, but <laughs> um, why are trainers expensive? Well, um, for me personally, if you want to come work out in my garage that we've spent all this money outfitting in equipment, I've traveled for certifications, um, not only the cost of the certification, my time, um, accommodations and food, those were expensive. I've also spent years working in the fitness industry. So I've been coaching CrossFit for nine years now. I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people. So I do have more experience than a lot of people who, you know, I know took some weekend course, but that's not to say that personal trainers who did take a weekend course and who've been doing it for a really long time, haven't worked with hundreds and hundreds of people too. And they also have so much experience. Um, I think another thing while questioning someone's like the cost that they charge, when it's something that's straight across the board and, and you want it, nobody goes off and questions how much money you make at your job uh, so that's kind of how I feel about that. If you're going to, you know, ask somebody why things are so expensive, like we also have other costs too. Um, I have to pay insurance. Um, if you come to my, my garage gym and work out, right. Like there's still, we still have to heat it. And if anything gets broken, we have to fix it. Um, I'm the cleaning person. <laughs> like, you know, these are all people have expenses. And so, yeah, that all plays a role into it. The other thing is, um, this is something that I, I talk a lot with people that work in the industry is one, if you are not paying very much money for something, um, so if somebody's offering a service for very much less, you have to think, what, am I getting what I'm paying for? Um, you know, it's as simple as that. Maybe, maybe it is a great deal and you have found this little hidden gem, but I don't know if you want to work with someone who's good at their job and maybe that person is just undervaluing them themselves, but you get what you pay for and you know, people have expenses and I don't know. That's my, the answer to that question. But if you want to know why as a nutrition coach, why we're expensive, um, again, you know, they have experience. I've worked with also hundreds of people, um, as a nutrition coach. So separate from the hundreds of people that I've worked with as uh, a CrossFit coach, I've again, taken lots of certifications, spent tons of time of, of my own research doing things. I've spent hours putting my program together and any nutrition coach out there can tell you that, you know, I mean, any good one that they're constantly researching and on top of, you know, the best things that are, and not that my diet protocols haven't changed in years because right. We follow, like I said, a calorie deficit, eating all foods in moderation, but there are, um, 
you know, different things that we help people with, with, you know, food intolerances and things like that. So like I'm constantly doing research and spending my time doing it. But I don't know, maybe that answer is going to piss some people off, but I truly believe it is, yeah, the amount of time and money and education you've spent on things. And that's where you get the cost from. Okay, next question. (laughs) This was on a video of me telling people um, that they don't have to exercise every day to lose weight and um, that you could, you know, set a step goal. And this woman commented, but what if you don't want to move? The only way to be in a calorie deficit is to starve. And I replied to them, I was like, I don't know anybody who would want to starve then just get up and move. And she was like, lots of people don't want to work out every day. And I was like, well, that was the literal point of the video was that you don't have to work out every day, that you could literally set a step goal of 10,000 and you will be burning fat with that. So, I mean, if you don't want to move, yes, things will be harder. Um, I would never, ever, ever recommend starving as opposed to getting up and walking. And yeah, if you're a person who doesn't want to move, I'm probably not the nutrition coach for you. I actually had somebody send me a message and who was like, I won't eat fruits and vegetables. And I was like, you know, I don't know if we're going to be a good fit. I don't love fruits and vegetables. Like I don't love all fruits and vegetables either, but I make sure I eat them on a daily basis. And I don't, I don't want to, give somebody, you know, nutrition advice who, when we're just not on an even seeing eye to eye. So, and I think, I feel like that's the movement thing too. If you come to me, you see that, you know, I promote a healthy lifestyle with fitness and movement and eating well. And those are the people who want to work with me because you're not going to go to someone who doesn't see the, you know, have the same beliefs that you do. In previous episodes of the podcast, I've talked about this. You're going to want to find a nutrition coach who you believe that their recommendations are going to be a good fit for you. And those are mine. Um, I work out five times a week. I try to get my clients to work out three or four. That's like work out, you know, get, get sweaty doing whatever it is that they love to do. Um, and I do promote, some sort of resistance training or, or weightlifting in there. So if their workouts include that, that's awesome if they do it on the side. And I do want to see my clients getting over 8,000 steps a day. So um, if you're like, oh, that doesn't sound like too crazy of expectations, then we would be a fit. Uh, if you're like, eh, you know what? I, I don't want to eat vegetables and I don't want to move and, you know, that all sounds like a lot of work. I, we're not a good fit together. And I'm honest about that now. In the past, I might've been like, well, you know, but it just, it would have been hard for both of us because I have certain standards that I try to hold my clients to. And yeah, that's, that would be one of them. Um, okay. So I am struggling with trying to track my calories because there are so many things I can't find Or if I make up my own things, I don't know how many calories to put in. This is why I recommend MyFitnessPal. And like I said, I have 
I haven't played around with many other apps. I've just been using this one for so long and have liked it. And so many people do, and it has a great food database in it, but you can break down any of the things that you're making. So let's say you make spaghetti. You can put all of the ingredients in that you use and the portion sizes into the recipe calculator in it. And that's part of the free version of it. And it will tell you calories per serving size. Um, and then my fitness pal actually has one of the largest food databases that are in there. And you can actually take the app and scan the barcodes. You always got to double check the nutrition information that pops up on your phone, because since it is a public forum, anybody can input the data, like the nutrition information themselves. So sometimes it could be off, but you can also literally take your, if, if it's something that has a label, take it and just quickly add the, the calories in there from the label. Um, the, like there's literally not anything in there that you shouldn't be able to find. Now it does get trickier if you're, you know, eating at a restaurant and let's say it's not a chain restaurant because lots of chain restaurants have all of their nutrition information online anyways. So let's say you go to a local like family owned restaurant and you order some, I don't know, we're just going to stick with spaghetti because it's easy. (laughs) And now you're searching in my fitness pal for spaghetti. Yeah. It's not going to be accurate. Um, maybe you go to a Thai place and you're looking for a certain Thai dish and it's not in there. The, the best way to go about it then is just to track something that's as close. Um, but what I tell my clients is, you know, if if we're eating out all the time, anyways, we're probably taking in more calories than, you know, even if it's something that's in my fitness pal or the, um, restaurant has the information online. So if that is the case, we need to make some of our own food more often. And, uh, yeah, I definitely tell my clients, like if you're having supper and lunch out more than once a week, you'll probably see less, um, weight loss results with that just because it's too hard to know exactly what they're putting in your food. So even if the information is online, maybe the chef is, you know, a little heavy handed with the butters and the oils that day. So all of those start to add up. And then quickly that 300 calorie deficit gets eaten up with all those little extra things that we, they've put into a meal. Um, it's the same with our, all of our extra like little nibbles and licks and, you know, anything that we sneak out of the cupboard just because you had one cracker here and you licked the spoon from the peanut butter there. And it doesn't mean that because it was a small portion, it it wasn't calories. So be careful with, yeah, all of those little extras here and there, because again, a 300 calorie deficit can go away quite quickly with all of those little things. And now you're just eating at maintenance calories and you're wondering, why aren't I losing any weight? Well, you ate away your calorie deficit in, you know, little extras all here and there. So just, yeah, keep that in mind. Um, let's see what's next on the list. Um, can I lose weight without tracking? I did kind of touch on this already. You can with the, like I said, the plate method and, you know, you could do some hand measuring. There's like hand measuring guides, 
um, online. If you Google that, is it harder? Yes, it is. Um, is it doable? It is. But the main thing is portion control. So uh, I would definitely start with cutting out any drinks that have calories in them. So people always think that it just means pop, but Starbucks drinks have a lot of them. Like you, you might need to switch to just regular coffee with like a couple tablespoons of cream in it. Um, so any, so liquid calories, try, cut all of those out, alcohol, those types of things, at least for a bit, because you're going to need to see if just changing those things is going to actually like bring your, your calorie intake down. And then the other thing is you're going to want to eat fruits and vegetables and protein at every meal. So the increase in fiber and the increase in protein is going to help your meals digest slower, which is going to help keep you feeling fuller longer, which in turn is hopefully going to make you snack less. Um, it's also going to keep your blood sugar regulated so you don't have the dips and the lows in it. And then that's when people are going and, you know, reaching for snacks and stuff. So those would be a few of my tips for weight loss without tracking. Is it something that I do with my clients? No, um, but it is doable. What is the best breakfast when I want to lose weight? Well, I mean, anything, anything that you enjoy, I guess. I really, one thing I push with my clients is to be eating foods that we love, because if you love what you're eating, you're not going to think of it as a chore. So for breakfast, if you love bacon and eggs and toast, then have that. If you like oatmeal and yogurt, have that. If you hate having breakfast first thing, I would never push somebody to eat if they didn't like it. Um, I never used to eat breakfast, but I do now. I, I love eating first thing. Breakfast that we like here will scramble up egg whites. And yeah, I use egg whites instead of eggs because I love to add um, light cheese to my eggs. I love cheesy eggs. Um, maybe we have some toast, cook up some back bacon. But I think the biggest thing is, is when you're making breakfast, try to make sure um, it has protein in it. Again, because that's what's going to keep you feeling fuller longer. If you eat a straight carb breakfast, uh, it's going to digest faster and then you'll have your blood sugar drop. And then that's when we need to snack earlier than we might have if we had that nice filling, you know, protein rich breakfast. So um, I like to, if I'm in a hurry, maybe just do some oatmeal with some plain fat free Greek yogurt and some protein powder in it. Overnight oats are great as well. Um, I actually have a whole bunch of recipes for different overnight oats on my website at thesweateffect.com. If you just go, there's a recipe and tips section. And if you scroll to the bottom, you can search in there like overnight oats and it will bring up uh, any recipes with that in it. That's a good one for people who are in a hurry because you can make up a, you know, a few days of overnight oat breakfast in little containers, pop them in the fridge and you'll be set for, you know, breakfast for a while. I don't recommend doing more than three days of overnight oats because then like the fourth day they start to get a little extra soggy. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know why my voice is doing this thing right now. Um, 
I can't, can't do words. I've got like a frog in my throat. It's like I'm on a first date here with you guys. Uh, okay, so the next, what are my thoughts on keto? Well, keto, this is a hot topic. Um, I don't think it's a diet for everybody. You know, it was initially developed um, for people who have epilepsy to help decrease their symptoms. Um, it works well for people who have certain health conditions. Um, for instance, people who have cancer try to eat a lower sugar diet. My dad, for instance, he would be fine to be on a keto diet, but he's also 70 some years old. And, um, you know, he doesn't do high intensity exercise. Um, yeah. So, and high intensity exercise, I would describe that is, you know, if you would have trouble talking while you're doing it, that's high intensity. So if you like running, um, if you can't be running and talking, then you're probably working at a high, a higher intensity. So why does everybody think keto is for like losing weight? They think that by cutting out carbs, they think that carbs are the devil and they think carbs cause weight loss or weight gain. And by cutting out carbs that they are going to lose weight. Well, what happens on a keto diet is you are, if you're eating it properly, I think the appropriate amount of protein you're supposed to be taking in is 15% of your calories. So if you've done keto and you don't know the percentage of your calories that you've allotted to protein, then you weren't doing it right. Because even eating too much protein when you're on a keto diet can take you out of ketosis um, because your body can convert that into glycogen. So eating too much protein. So people are just like, well, you know what? I'm going to eat a ton of bacon and eggs. I'm going to cook those eggs in the bacon grease. Well, that right there, you've probably, if you've had a big plate of that, you probably ate more than 15% of your calories, uh, in protein. So, and then the, so 80% of your calories would come from fat and 5% of your calories would come from carbohydrates. Most people aren't tracking their calories when they're doing it. So they might see some weight loss initially, their body's going to, you know, drop a bunch of water weight. And then after a couple of weeks, they're going to plateau, but they're like, wow, I lost 10 pounds in two weeks. This diet is amazing. And then they get really frustrated because they don't see weight loss or they get the keto flu where the lack of carbs in their diet gives them headaches and makes them feel yucky. Um, or they do try to do their high intensity exercising that they always do. And they feel like a bag of garbage. So yeah, my thoughts on the keto diet. I mean, unless you have epilepsy or some other type of, um, health condition, it's not the diet that's sustainable or maintainable. Most people can't maintain it. Um, and if they are, they're not in ketosis, so then you're just eating a low carb diet. So let's not be confused about that also. But yeah, it is uh, definitely people get so confused. They think that by cutting out the carbs, that's causing the weight loss. But in reality, when you're eating a high fat diet, you're feeling full, you're feeling more satisfied. So you should be intaking less food, which is going to put you into that calorie deficit that we say causes weight loss. It is literally the only scientifically proven way to lose weight is in a calorie deficit. 
So by feeling super satisfied by eating so much fat in your diet, hypothetically, you should be eating less calories, taking in less food, and that is what's going to cause the longer term um, weight loss for you after that first initial water weight drop. But if you are still, because fat is super calorically dense, it's over twice the amount of calories in one gram of fat as there is in a gram of protein and a gram of carbohydrates. So it is very easy to go over your calories if you're not watching how much food you're taking in. And again, people are like, I tried keto and I didn't lose weight. It's like, well, you weren't in a calorie deficit. So um, the maintainability of it, the sustainability of it is also terrible. I see a lot of people lose weight and then gain back more um, after they, you know, get frustrated with it. I have heard, I've had a handful of clients who've come to me who have some serious health conditions from doing keto for an extended period of time. Um, yeah, gallbladder issues. So it's just, those are my thoughts on the keto diet. Okay, next one. When do what do you do when counting macros and having a calorie deficit doesn't work? You're probably not in a calorie deficit would be my one, um, my first initial thought. So again, maybe you adapted to your, maybe you had calorie adaptations, maybe eating too few calories for too long, or maybe you're just not consistent enough. So maybe you're, you know, let's say your calorie deficit is 1600 calories and you eat that Monday to Friday and then you go out on the weekend and then you eat 4,000 calories a day. Well, that calorie deficit, because we do kind of work on a bit of a rolling average with our calories, that calorie deficit that you had all week, well, it, it now got flushed down the toilet because you overate on the weekend. So if you're not consistent in that calorie deficit, that will be a reason. Or if, like I said, the little licks and nibbles and um, extra bites off of your kid's plate that you aren't tracking, that could be a reason why you think you're in a calorie deficit, but you didn't track all those extra things and it brought you out of it. So that would be my suggestion to start with. Um, the other, yeah, I mean, the chance of you calculating your calorie deficit wrong, go to one of those online calculators, see what it should be. Maybe you need to adjust your calories, all reasons why things might not be working. Okay. So if I'm in a calorie deficit, does the amount of carbs affect my weight loss? Um, this goes back to my, my kind of my keto little rant there, but you can lose weight on a high carb diet in a calorie deficit. You can lose weight on a low carb diet in a calorie deficit. So no, um, are there different ways that we can, you know, tweak our results to see, you know, what we want to see. Generally people come to me because they do want to see lean muscle mass. Um, when we're eating higher protein in our diet, I, I, that we're going to be, you know, building muscle. Ugh, ugh, you guys, what is wrong with me today? 
it's like the words are in my brain and they're just having troubles coming up. But you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop this and re-record it for you. I'm going to let you listen to all my mess ups through this. So by eating a higher protein diet and exercising, i.e. lifting weights, you are going to build lean muscle mass. Lean muscle mass is going to boost our metabolism, which is going to help burn fat. It can help burn fat in those stubborn areas as well. So if I'm on a diet that is lower protein, higher carb, I'm in my calorie deficit for myself because I did this when I was young and dumb and stupid. Um, I got super lean in my upper body, which if you know me, that's where I already am lean. And uh, I still had like, I still carried more fat in my hips and waist. Um, when I switched to a, and I was, I was doing CrossFit then too. And that was kind of how my body started to take shape. But by eating a higher protein diet, plus lifting weights, my body composition changed. And I mean, I am, I do still carry most of my weight in my lower half, but I, my body changed because of that. So body composition changes and all of those other good things that I said about protein by helping you regulate your blood sugar and keep you feeling fuller longer. That's why we would want to do that. But no, we can still lose weight and eat higher carbs. Um, and you'd be fine if you're in your, in your calorie deficit appropriately. Um, what is next? (laughs) Oh, but how do I get buff like you? I'm not even that buff. I mean, I could, I could definitely be buffer, (laughs) but that was a very sweet comment from that person. I think what they mainly mean is, yeah, how do I, how do I gain muscle mass? How do I be, how do I be lean? And I talked about that, right? It is, I, there, I'm lifting weights in my workouts probably, I don't know if I work out five days a week, probably at least three or four of them include some, I'm lifting some sort of weight, um, in that portion of my workout. So whether it's in the Metcon, like the, the conditioning part, it might have barbell cycling and gymnastics in it, or, um, it could be just strength, um, before, like before my heavy breathing part. So back squats, um, clean and jerk snatches, strict press, whatever it is that, you know, my coach has programmed for me for that day. But I do, I used to be a lot stronger than I am now. And that's, that's a sad, that's a sad thing for me, you guys. Um, but I, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, I, I let you guys into my lives pretty frequently on there. So I talk about it. I, we moved to BC from Saskatchewan. So we had a big move. We moved to provinces over, sold all our belongings. Um, we had nothing when we got here except for a trailer full of gym equipment. It had no furniture. We slept on a mattress on the floor and I was like, oh, this is fine. I'm fine. And it turned out I was actually really stressed. Um, and then my back, I have, um, some chronic back pain. So that all crept up on me. I didn't, I wasn't working out as much, um, due to time stress and, And then my back started to feel like a piece of junk. So when I did have the time to like get back into it full force, like I wasn't lifting weights nearly as heavy as I used to. And plus I got a little willy nilly with my workouts, um, over the past years. Like I used to train a lot more, um, volume and, and more competitively 
back in the day. And then we moved out to the lake in Saskatchewan and just trained in our garage. And I was just doing it for my health and fitness there, which don't get me wrong. There's a hundred percent, nothing wrong with that, but the heavier weights didn't get lifted as often. And I lost a lot of strength, um, through it. I've never been able to back squat 300 pounds. I think the most I've ever done is like 275, but my back squat is probably, oh my God. If it's, it'll be 40 to 50 pounds less than that now. So, you know, I'm just not as strong. My back's acting up. Like how am I supposed to lift anything heavy, you know, when your back's acting up? But on a positive note, I got that all under control and I am on the gains train. So long story short, lift heavy, you know, like when you're doing your squats and things like that, strive to be strong. Um, and that's how you will get buff. That's how you will build muscle. You will eat protein and you will eat carbohydrates and you will lift heavy weights. And that is how you can gain some muscle and be buff. If that's the terms that we're using these days, but, um, yeah. Okay. So next question. Stupid question, but a deficit is to consume less than you burn. If my Fitbit says I burn 28 calories, do I go off of that? I touched on that in an earlier question. No, not accurate. It's not an accurate um, of how many you have burned. So go online, figure out what your maintenance calories are, your TDEE. It's going to ask you how active you are and be really objective about that. So when, you know, say I was... Okay. So I work out five days a week now. And when I was, um, in just, and I do try and train for maybe a little bit more competitive stuff. So maybe one day I could do some local competitions if that's ever a thing with this damn pandemic, you know, is a thing of the past, but, um, I could work out four or five days a week when I was also just in doing it just for my health phase as well. So the amount of volume that I do now compared to what I did then is two different things. And so if you're like, yeah, well, the calculator asks, like, do you work out, you know, how many days a week? You have to consider objectively what it is. If you go to a class, you know, four times a week compared to, you know, yes, I'm in the gym right now, an hour and a half with my stretching, probably like two hours, um, is that the same as when I was in the gym four or five times a week, you know, doing a 20 minute workout with, you know, 15 minutes of lifting and a bit of a warm up? Definitely not. So, um, choose, choose the correct one accordingly. And yeah, then that will give you the best idea of how many calories that you need to burn. So if the elliptical says you burned 600 calories or your Fitbit or Apple watch or any of those devices, those aren't accurate, um, calorie readings on them. So, um, this one, some of these are the same is skipping breakfast. Okay. Yeah. I talked about that. If that isn't something that you like to do. And I mean, you like eating something a little bit later in the morning, or that's what you have time for or whatever, then that's totally fine. Um, it's the, the total calorie intake, not, you know, the fact that you had breakfast. Um, so yeah, if you don't like breakfast, 
but you might change because I did. I never ate breakfast. I hated breakfast and yeah, now I love it. I look forward to getting up and making breakfast and having coffee and stuff like that. But no, I definitely, if you do not want to eat it, don't force yourself to. But if you do, make sure it's got some protein in it. And yeah, and you might start liking it. What if you tried it and you really liked it? I don't know. Okay, let's see here. I've been a vegetarian for four years now, and I'm switching to a whole foods plant-based diet. Can I be in a calorie deficit without calorie counting? Okay, we talked about this in the previous questions. You guys know what the answer to this is. Can she be in a calorie deficit without calorie counting? Yes. Is it harder? Yes. Um, The thing with whole food um, plant-based diets, like they can be, like you have to watch because they can be a little bit more... Um, calorically dense with some of the foods that she's eating whole foods, whole foods should be less whole foods, plant-based man. I don't know. That's a tough, tough one. Um, I mean, that is a lot of making it whole foods and plant-based she's eating like she's getting tons of nutrients in, but yeah, I would still track and at least track for the first while just to see like what your portions need to look like. And then you'll get to know, you know, kind of how to build your plate on that. But, um, I've worked with some vegans and stuff before and like their, their diet tends to be really high in fiber and, um, which if you have a really high fiber diet, you can get a little bit bloated from that. And, uh, yeah, some of the foods tend to be heavier in fat too, which I said is more calorically dense. So you kind of have to watch that. And then, um, they have to get creative with ways that they're going to intake protein then. So it's totally doable. Um, but I still recommend tracking. Okay. So how much exercise does it take to start the fat burning process? Well, I mean, you could, you can burn fat just by walking. So, um, literally if somebody start, if somebody wanted to start a diet today and you know, they were like, Oh, I'm not too keen on this whole working out thing. If you committed to getting 10,000 steps a day, that would be fantastic. Um, and you might have to build up with that because 10,000 steps is hard. I'm not gonna lie. I have to like, I take my dogs for at least a 45 minute walk every day. And because I work from home, I'm like, have to make a point to be moving around the house in between work and stuff like that or else. Yeah. Plus then I usually get in, well, because our garage is not huge, I'll get in, you know, at least probably 1,000, 1,500 steps in there doing my workout. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, getting up every hour, doing a little, you know, walk to the bathroom. Maybe it's making lots of trips to move, you know, something that you could move in one trip. Maybe you take a little walk outside. Now that the weather is getting nicer, come back in. Somebody said to me once, like it, my job literally doesn't allow for me to get up and move around for, you know, every hour. I was like, your job doesn't allow you to get up and go to the bathroom every hour man, I, I, 
I don't, one, I don't, I think that's against regulations of some sort, but I have to pee every hour. So if I couldn't get up, cause that's one of my things, I'm like, oh, get up every hour from your computer, your desk or whatever. And you know, that'll help. But that person, somebody said that to me once. They're like, my job literally doesn't allow me to. I was like, I would pee my pants then if I couldn't go to the bathroom every hour. So that would be my employer's fault. Um, do I need to drink a gallon of water? So my regulation, or my regulation, God, you guys, ugh, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get these words under control. And because I only have like a few questions left, of course, that's going to happen. <laughs> the recommendations that I give my clients for drinking water would be to drink one liter per 50 pounds of body weight. Whew, I'm so glad that I managed to say all that in one <laughs> foul swoop. Um, yes, that would be my recommendation. My recommendations on that. Um, so the other thing some people like to do is uh, maybe they drink two liters of, you know, plain water in their day and then another liter of bubbly water or something with Mio in it or... Um, but water, it does so many good things for you. And yeah, it's a struggle for people to even drink, you know, two liters of fluids in a day. And keep in mind, things with caffeine in them are going to dehydrate you. So you're like, well, I drink like 87 cups of coffee in a day. And it's like, well, that doesn't count for a bunch of water intake because the caffeine and the coffee dehydrates you. So um, do you have to drink? I don't know. It must have been one of my American followers. How much is a gallon? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google that right now. How gallon to liters? I need that's what I need to know. Uh oh, 3.7. That would be a lot of water. And so I guess if you were like um, you know, 200 pounds, then yeah, I that would be oh no, four liters. Yeah, that would be it. That did you like my math skills right there? I was like pumping myself up that I was going to get that number right. So for me, yeah, I would drink three liters. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I recommend to my clients. Water is good for you. It does help you lose weight and it does help, you know, boost your workouts and it is good for your skin. And you guys know all that about water. Everybody knows that water's good. So drink the water. Um, how do you track regular spaghetti? What I would do is, so one serving of spaghetti is 85 grams dry. And so I would measure that out, have it in my boiling pot of water. And then I would cook my meat in a pan. So I don't know, let's say we're using extra lean ground beef. I would drain my spaghetti I would log one portion of spaghetti. I would weigh out my ground beef. I would put my pasta sauce, measure it out, put it on top, um, throw it in the microwave, heat it up, and I would log each one of those things separately. That would be your most accurate way. Your other thing, what you could do is um, throw your noodles, you know, say you make four servings of pasta in your pot. Uh, you got all your meat. Um, then you throw in four servings of 
sauce, mix all of everything together, create a recipe in MyFitnessPal, set it to four servings, and then split it into, you know, divide it up into four equal servings. Voila. What do I think of Noom? Well, I've never actually personally used it, but from what I have heard, it puts people on pretty low calories. Um, but my fitness pal can do that too. If you put your information in there, it can also put you on pretty low calories, which I don't like. And I never recommend people to follow the um, recommended calories in my fitness pal. Figure them out on your own, on, on the internets, then go into my fitness pal and set them in there. So, like I said, while I haven't personally used Noom, I would be concerned about how many calories uh, it has set for you on there. Okay, last two questions. Uh, they kind of go together. What did you do to lose weight and how long did it take you to lose the weight? Well, this one, it did take me a little bit longer because I wasn't as consistent off the start. So life, life happens and I give my clients this kind of analogy all the time. So, you know, the more you deviate from your, you know, fitness and nutrition habits, the longer it's going to take, but life happens and nobody is going to be perfect. So I understand that. So, you know, like deviating from the program could be an untracked day, you know, your birthday, it could be literally anything you were out on the weekend you may be over eight. Will that pull you out of your calorie deficit for that week? Sure. Can you just get right back on track the next week? You can. And that happened to me, you know, more often than not. So my weight loss journey actually did take me a couple years because I wasn't as like dialed in then. Um, but had I dialed it in, yeah, I could have, I could have definitely done it faster if I wanted, but Again, in this journey, like it's not about getting there faster. It's about doing something that you can maintain in the long run. So while, yeah, I have worked back up to maintenance calories and I truly love the way that we eat and how we exercise, but that is, I would say, the biggest thing is, you know, you still need to live life. And you can't be perfect all the time because perfection also leads to defeat because it's that time where you couldn't perfectly log and track your food and then people feel defeated and they're off track and then they start to question their why and, you know, why do I even keep on doing this? And it is actually this like really full, full circle of emotions. But yeah, it did take me a couple of years because, you know, maybe, maybe I hit up a few too many potlucks over the Christmas season and, you know, maybe I was having some more drinks and I, I, I don't drink as much as I used to rarely, rarely ever anymore. But, um, back in the day, like those things, they'll make the, the process go slower. And I totally get that my clients have lives and I don't expect them to, I encourage them not to be absolutely perfect because I don't want them to get obsessed. Um, but yeah, like I, I comfortably sit around, you know, 150 to 155. I have got down to 145 before. It's definitely harder to maintain that set point. Um, Google set point theory, and you'll understand what I'm talking about, but 
yeah, I can be 150 to 155 comfortably now. And I, we do have times where we eat more and, you know, it's life. We will have some drinks here and there. Um, we went camping last weekend and we had, we're not tracking our food. We're just eating what's there. And if I want to have a, like an extra helping of something, that's fine. But I'm also at a point too, where I'm like, food is fuel. And I know I want to get stronger again. And to do that, I, I, I might have to eat in a little bit of a calorie surplus from time to time just to, yeah, help me get stronger again. I want to be strong. Like I used to, like I reflect on was it 35 year old Ashlyn. Now I'll be 38 next month. 35 year old Ashlyn was so cool. She snatched 170 like multiple times, not multiple times in a row, but like on multiple occasions. Current Ashlyn, she was riding the struggle bus with like 145. I would say, yeah, like I, over the last year, I've snatched 165 on numerous occasions. Um, That's probably where my one rep max is at. But like, man, I just want to PR my snatch. You know, you guys, I just want my back squat to be better. I just want to not struggle with, you know, squat, heavy squat, clean and jerks. That's the goal. 2021 is going to be my year. My back's going to be good. I'm going to be fueled and using that food for energy and I'm going to get strong. So it's going to be hard and it's going to be a struggle, but I'm working at it. And yeah, that is uh, where I'm going to leave you hanging gang. I hope you enjoyed this solo episode and all of my blunders and screw ups, but you get what you get. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you aren't make sure that you, you know, follow me on, uh, Instagram or TikTok. I post most of my TikToks on to Instagram reels, and that's where I get the best questions and stuff from. Sometimes I even open up on my Instagram stories, um, for my followers questions. I didn't this time because I literally had 25 questions to answer and, I like to keep the episodes around an hour long. So I knew that was definitely going to be plenty of content for one episode, but I would do this again. You guys ask good questions. So yeah, if you want to follow my strength journey, (laughs) I post my stuff on my Instagram stories. You can watch me ride the struggle bus on there. The highs and the lows of trying to get back to my old self. Is that crazy? the one person that I want to be like is my old self. So I don't, I'm not comparing myself to anybody else right now. Just old Ashlyn from a few years ago. Anywho, I hope you enjoyed the show and don't forget to share it on your social media to help keep it thriving. Head over to my Instagram page at sweat underscore effect for all of my insights, experiences, and daily doses of goodness. Until next time, keep on having fun and keeping fit.